Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode three. That's three. The expert said we'd get two maximum, and here we are at three. We have lots of grit. We do. We do. Some resiliency thrown in there in the mix. It's a good recipe. So welcome back. Um, We're in October. We're getting fired up for a lot of stuff coming up this season. Oh, you know what? There's one thing before we get into wrestling that I want to mention that's football-related. I just want to point out that you and I went out there and put some good karma, some good Bella Vista Carnegie karma on the football field at the University of Missouri, and they have not lost on that field since. I just want to point that out. It probably has everything to do with us and nothing to do with the coaching, the team, anything. It's just us. Dana and I were literally running imaginary routes on the the Mizzou football field in December of 18. And uh, we were doing lots of uh, mental rehearsal visualization type of stuff on that night. That was fun. After graduation. My quarterback rating was very high, as I remember. It's pretty good. And nobody got injured or anything else. All right. Anyway, into the wrestling part of it. We're going to give you a little bit of an update on what we're doing. We want to mention, first of all, though, um, we actually have a sponsor in our programs that we should mention, you know, not of the podcast, but we're going to call it that. Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Nelson. See, you did it. I thought we'd get through the whole thing without mentioning his name, and now he's going to be all happy. And I love Nelson. Unbearable. Unbearable. But we want to mention Team Lund, and more Becky Lund than Nelson. He oh, works definitely. there, but it's total nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to mention Team Lund Realty, who sponsors both of our programs and gives um, some donations to us in the year to help us go. Very generous. And they, um, if you want to talk to Nelson, if you're getting ready to buy a house and looking at financing, they also have an offer where if you go through them um, and one of his colleagues, they will do a $1,000 donation to the program. So that, that's Amazing. a big deal. And Thank you're ready you. to buy a house and you got to do some financing anyway. And Nelson's a good guy. Um, don't tell him I said that. But Nelson's a good guy, and he'll hook you up with his partner to, to get a loan set up, and it will end up benefiting the program in the long run. So thank you to Team Lund and to Nelson thank you. and uh, everything they do for our program. They're really, really great and just awesome sponsors of what we do. Um, Fantastic. As, as far as the, the Carnegie update, we did, uh, we did some visits to the sixth grade classes a couple weeks ago. I cool. took about half a dozen of our wrestlers down there, and we did a quick demo with the kids and then played some games with them on the mat. Um, I got to give a shout out to our, our wrestlers that were helping us out that we moved the mats three times that day, set up and take down twice and moving them all over campus. So they, they stuck in there with me and, and did that and did a great job with the kids. We had our captain's camp uh, the other day and had a great photo scavenger hunt. Those photos are starting to pop up on Instagram, so you can check those out. But just a great team building thing, and Coach Line was there with us, and we got to laugh and make fun of the kids a little bit. But they, they had a good time with it. and. It's great to kind of get the veterans back together before great. the season starts That's and awesome. do some culture building there. We had our parent meeting last night, had a great showing, got a lot of new kids that are interested in the program and some of our kids coming up through the club whose parents were there. So cool. That's really super exciting. Cool. We have next week. So by the time this comes on to uh, iTunes, we'll already had our PCA workshops that we've talked about. Um, so lots of exciting stuff moving into the season. It seems like it's <clears> moving super fast and, this first quarter of the school year has moved by super fast, oh, um, but it's exciting. So that must mean things are good if it feels like it's, it's going by quickly. I and I just wanted to mention, um, we had some complaints from Nelson Lund about not being mentioned in the first two podcasts, especially since we mentioned Toby in the last one. Who we like more, obviously. Right, the Nelson-Toby battle. And it's obvious. Everybody knows we like Toby better. Nelson's fine and all. And he's got a sweet car. That is a pretty sweet ride it he's is. got going on there. Um, 
He may catch up to Toby if we can get him a girlfriend. If he gets a girlfriend, he's going to do the tour of the South over the next month or two. He has a girlfriend. They were just in Yosemite. I saw it on social media. Are you sure? You sure that wasn't Alex Blumel? <laughs> he's always got girlfriends. <laughs> anyway, well, we're going to have a, we'll, we'll put a poll up. We'll put a poll up. I like it. On Toby versus Nelson. Who do you like more? Yeah, who do you like more? That's a, that's a big battle. Dif- different personalities, different looks, different styles. Both leg riders, though. Both, both leg riders. I love it. All right, so that's the Carnegie update. I am here with the person I'm always here with, and that's Coach Lane. You've heard me uh, shouting in the background. Yeah, he's like off in the distance <clears throat> somewhere. I don't know what he's doing, but I think he's stealing <laughs> things. I'm not sure. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> and girls, appreciate uh, everybody tuning into this. You forgot to mention that we are officially on Apple iTunes now. So if you're right. listening to this, it's probably through Apple iTunes. But right, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get off the Vimeo thing, and I think the the iTunes thing is is an easier access for everybody because mm-hmm. it's easier to listen to. You don't have to shut it down if you have to do something else. Um, it does take a few days to get uploaded onto their site, but we will let you know as soon as it's ready to go in live. Although I don't know why I'm saying that because I guess this would be live. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's I'm go. Figuring that out. Let's so go. I got it going. All right. Tell us what's going on with the, right. the Bella Vista program. Bella Vista program. We have had a fantastic fall preseason. We wrestled twice a week, lifted twice a week. Great turnout. Great commitment from from these kids. They worked really hard. We got a lot better. Uh, on Monday, you know, I I'm just to cut you off really quick because I was super impressed with this when I uh, came over to get the mat carts from you and. Mm-hmm. And the number of kids that were out there and just oh, it's been happy to be there, excited, like joking around with each other and, and giving each other a hard time like high school and middle school yeah. kids do. But I was really super impressed Thank with you. like their attitude and their energy. And um, it, it gave me a big boost of energy just <laughs> being around them for a little bit, you know. But that was, that was impressive. I was really excited Thank you. to see that. And you had most of those kids anyway. So yes. it's yeah. probably cool to see them at yeah. the next level. For sure. Having a good time. That's no, it's great. one of the best things about what we do is I get to I see agree. them all the way through. Knuckles. Knuckles. Boom, boom. up. <laughs> so uh, Monday, October 14th, we officially start the dead period. That means that the high school kids, per CIF rules in SJS, they cannot be uh, on, in a wrestling practice, wrestling mat at all, or doing wrestling skills with any of their high school coaches. If they're with a club coach, that's a little different. So I will not be doing any sort of wrestling skills. We will be conditioning, preseason conditioning. After school, Monday through Thursday. Thursday, it'll still start about 3.15 because uh, I have meetings immediately after school. Um, I uh, I have some exciting news. I feel like it's exciting to me, but we have that beautiful new football field. I want to take advantage of it. Uh, the the soccer coach is on board. The, the athletic director is on board. Um, it's not 100% confirmed yet, but uh, weather depending, we will have a dual meet outside on the football field this year. Uh, pretty excited about that. So under the lights. Love it. And totally it'll... love it. We do, um, we call it the let's take it outside cool. match every year. Cool. And we schedule it with either Pasture or Barrett. And it's by far our most attended match. We've Fine. had board members, our superintendent has come, um, the athletic director for the district. So it, it builds up a lot of excitement for what you're doing just because of the, yeah. the difference, right? And yeah. The fil- facility is beautiful that you have over there at Bella Vista. So that'll be, that'll be awesome. That'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it will either be the uh, 12-4 dual meet against Intercom or the 12-11 dual meet against River Valley. 
I'm trying to work out some of the final details there, but it looks like it's going to probably be approved. Not confirmed yet, um, but excited about that. We are also starting a new tradition this year where Senior Night is also Alumni Night. We're inviting all available alumni to that night. It is Tuesday, January 7th. We will wrestle against Yuba City. It'll be a really exciting night. And we originally, uh, Ralphine Lee, kind of the, the matriarch of this entire program, dating back to the 70s and 80s. Absolutely awesome. And yeah. to this day, still. Yeah, still heavily involved. I mean, I text and call and communicate with her yeah, she's uh, amazing. almost on the daily. She's amazing. We're, we're going to bring her in as a special guest. She doesn't know that. I guess she knows now. Yeah. But she's going to be one of our uh, five-point move people here coming up in the next few months. So she started working with me to make a, an alumni night on senior night. Uh, she had people trying to fly out, and it was just such short notice for them to fly from all around the country and even world to come to the duel on January 7th, two weeks after Christmas. And uh, so we're going to do kind of a soft opening this year. We're we'll reinvite all available alumni to come. We'll have some t-shirts. We'll do a group photo and we'll watch that night. And uh, we'll also have our youth club um, kids practicing that night. Then they're going to come out before the duel and they're going to wrestle a few matches just like we did last year. It's yeah, going to be a really awesome. fun night. Um, so make sure you guys put that on your calendars. It's going to be really exciting. We only have three home duels this year. So one will be outside, one in the gym, and then one's the senior night slash alumni night. Um, really fun stuff. Exciting. Awesome. Excited for that. Uh, one last thing I want to say is, well, actually I have two more things I want to say is, um, one, if you are listening to this, make sure that you, your athlete, uh, got their physicals taken care of and they uploaded the information to Sportsnet through our school's athletics website. I have the link on our bbwrestling.com website under the parent section as well. And then the other updated news for our program is uh, we just distributed flyers for our kids program to every elementary school that feeds into Carnegie and Bella Vista. So we have a kids club. It's first through third graders. Uh, Sean Swilly, who's a teacher at Bella Vista, he runs that club. And then we have a fourth through sixth grader club who is going to be run by Matt Vigna this year, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and those Gotta kids. have Matt back. Yeah. He's and, a key to everything we do. Yeah. And those kids feed right into Dana Smith, my co-host right now, and to Carnegie. And then those kids go from Carnegie and Dana to me. So um, it's really, really positive and just a lot going on preseason right now. A lot of work, a lot of behind the scenes stuff when i walked in dana is like how's it going i'm like i'm so busy we were just talking about ways to fight our insomnia because we're up at night trying to think about everything or thinking about everything we have to do so yeah. that's the update on bv wrestling we're excited the first day of practice is november 4th make sure those physicals are cleared before that first day of practice and i'll emphasize the same thing this is our first year that physicals are required for middle school sports oh. and and the parents know that from the meeting, but um, that's something that we've added as well. And we start on November 4th. It's really exciting. And like Coach Lane said, it is let the insomnia season begin because that's, that's what we do. And we try to make sure the details make the program really good. And I think that's uh, what makes us better than, than the rest, all yeah. the rest. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. All right. All right. Thank you, Coach Lane, for the updates. And we're going to move into um, the mental side.
All right, into, uh, again, what's my favorite part of the, the podcast when we talk about the mental side. And the first two episodes, we touched on the idea of growth mindset and started kind of getting into that and, and realized that it really needs more attention because it's the core of everything else that we do. All the other mental preparation, all the other physical preparation is based in this core of a growth mindset. And what we're talking about is the research that's done by Dr. Carol Dweck, who is at Stanford University. And, and the idea of these two different types of mindset. You either, you either have a fixed mindset where you have this belief that I either have talent or I don't, and this is as good as it's going to get, right? I'm either a great baseball player or I'm not, or I'm average or whatever. Um, that's my talent level. That's what I can do. And I can't change that. That's who I am as a human being. Um, your talents and your abilities are fixed. They're set in stone. As opposed to what we're focusing on is this idea of a growth mindset where our talents and our abilities, wherever we start, they can be developed. We can improve. We can grow as a person in whatever area of our life um, we choose to put that effort into, which is that key word. And my favorite word when we talk to kids about school and about wrestling, whatever it is we're doing with them, that it's about that effort and practicing and that we can take that instruction that people are giving it to us, whether it be teachers or mentors or coaches. And we can develop the abilities that we want to develop. And, and what that ends up doing is fostering this healthier attitude towards learning and practicing and spending time focused on getting better at something. That's that definition of mindset of I can get better. I can get better by finding people that can help me get better. And I can get better by putting my effort and my learning towards um, that area of my life and developing those talents. Yeah, and, and we have the ability to change our own intelligence. And Dr. Carol Dweck from Stanford, she has uh, a few different rules about a fixed mindset versus a, a growth mindset. And rule number one basically says in a fixed mindset, the cardinal rule is to look talented at all costs. And in the growth mindset, the cardinal rule is to learn, learn, and learn. So looking good at all costs just means that if you're presented with two different tasks, um, if you have a fixed mindset approach to life or challenges or anything um, that, that you have to deal with in your life, uh, that you're going to choose the, the, the easy task because you want to make sure that you look good. You're worried about the outcome. If you have a growth mindset, you want to challenge yourself. You're not worried about the outcome. It's, it's a personal thing. It's all about the process. You, you know, you, you were talking earlier. I'm, I'm going to throw this in there because it's the perfect it. thing you were talking about is we were you know, talking about the research part of this. And that's important to understand. Yeah. It's, it's research based. And you were talking to me earlier about um, the kids who when they like fit, they, they both finished the same puzzle of the groups of kids. And one group was told, oh, you must be really smart. You finished that puzzle. Yeah. They wanted the easier one afterwards because yeah. they want to keep looking smart to the researcher. Yeah. Right. right? They want to look good. And the other kids, they said, wow, you really worked hard on that puzzle. They wanted the harder one next yeah. because they were told hard work was the basis of their success. So they wanted something that was tougher and getting that praise for working hard. And it fits into exactly what you just said right there. 100%. And what we're trying to do is develop a, a growth mindset within all of our athletes, within all of our students, within ourselves, right? Within our, within our children versus a fixed mindset. And uh, a great example that I came through, came across in my research is this guy named Joshua Waitzkin. He's a world champion chess player. He's the guy that that movie Search for Bobby Fischer is based off of. And he was this natural, in quotes, right. talent. And the protege, right? Yeah, the protege. Like he's just that's naturally. What that, that word 
portrays to us as a fixed mindset that you're the protege, you have talent. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, he, in his first world championships that he ever comp- competed in, he's supposed to be like the, be- the greatest of all time, right? Right. And he got second. And to him, he said that that was the greatest thing that ever happened to him individually because he realized that he wasn't like it wasn't set in stone where he was just the greatest of all time the best chess player wasn't a natural ability he actually had to work at it he had to have effort he had to have instruction he had to deal with this adversity with this setback and um but that's a pivotal moment because he didn't have to view it that way he didn't at all he had a choice that that was a fork in the road between fixed mindset and growth mindset in, in that moment. In his mind, he could have been like, well, I guess I'm just not the greatest. I'm not the best. Or the guy must have cheated. Yeah. Right? It made excuses. So now I'm going to cheat. Yeah, made excuses. And uh, eventually, he's obviously a, a multi-world champion chess player. And uh, he comes up with this, with this quote. And it's a really famous quote. And I'm going to read it to you guys. And he says, quote, The moment we believe that success is determined by an ingrained level of ability we will be brittle in the face of adversity which i love i mean just explains the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset if you're in a fixed mindset how how are you resilient yeah you you don't have any hope that it can get better that you can okay i had the setback and we're going to talk about setbacks in a little bit but if you're in a fixed mindset you'll never view it as i can get better you just yeah. view it as I lost because I'm not as good as them, and there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you go to 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 grades, right? Um, students with a fixed mindset only worry about what their grades are. Right? They're just worried about how much is this test, how much is this worth on my uh, over over my overall score in this class. Right? What percentage of this? And um, they're really outcome oriented. Where Students with a with a growth mindset, what they want, they want to learn. Right. They want to learn. And I, I think in, as educators, we have to be very mindful of that, that we're, we're setting that up through our own language. When we call a class an honors class, we're telling those kids, you're in here because you're smart. And we have to make sure that we're always just focused on effort. And we don't talk about points. And we don't talk about how you get a certain grade. We just keep talking about learning. And on the other hand, the kids that are in the grade level, so to speak, classes, we have to make sure that we're talking about like everyone can learn, everyone can get better, and that's going to be our focus. Your brain is malleable; right, it can grow. We're going to get better yeah. wherever you are. We're going to get better, and, and we're going to work really hard to get there. And just, but it's the interesting point of that you can look at both those situations, and with a growth mindset, both classes develop in a learning sense, not in I can't do this, so they fail, or. I'm just really smart, so tell me how many points I need to get my A, because I need to get an A to look smart. Exactly. If I get a B, I don't look smart anymore exactly. to anybody. It's, it's kind of like uh, if I have to read a book and I'm reading through uh, a page, I do this as an individual. I, I love to read every single night, and I'll read, a, uh, I'll read a, a paragraph or I'll read a page, and I have no idea what I just read. I will go back and reread that information. I'm sure everybody listening has done that in the past. And people who want to learn, we go back and right. reread. Right. Versus right. being outcome oriented, I read that, so that's where I'm at. Uh, and and right. who gets the better results? The the student in a growth mindset or the student in a fixed mindset? Who gets better grades in the long run? Yeah. And better SAT scores and and, and gets into law school because they have better scores. It's yep. the kid with the growth mindset. I was gonna say, guess what? 
<laughs> surprise, surprise. And the kids with a with a growth mindset, all the evidence shows that um, if they do poorly at first, they try and find a way to figure out why they did poorly. Like, why did I not learn this? And then they find a way around that, and they try and fix it, and they try harder, and they study more. And that's the same thing with sports or with anything in your life. If you want that's to be a life skill, that's yeah. what we're doing with sport is we're teaching yeah. those life skills, and we can build a growth mindset. Yeah. It goes way beyond the time they exit our wrestling room yeah. and all the way through their life and everything that they pursue as they go through. And as a coach at Bella Vista right now is I'm not interested in winning at all costs. And I'm not interested in padding our record where all of our wrestlers are, you know, 38 and two starting league. I want to challenge our wrestlers and I want them to grow from that challenge. Everything, every single competition is, is a challenge. And we go to the practice room, we try and get good at something, we face some competition, and it's a way that we're where we can measure where we are. And if we're not where we want to be, we go back to the practice room and we practice and we try again, and then we go out and we can uh, have another competition, right. and then we can measure it. And the whole season, just so you guys know, as a, as a coach, it's not all about winning. I barely even say the word winning. It's all about the process about every single competition is an opportunity to go try um, our skills, to try test our conditioning, to try our new moves and, and see where we are against certain levels of competition. And um, when we see a state medalist, it's an opportunity. It's exciting. We get to go try and see where we are against them, right. against them versus saying having the approach of a fixed mindset where they're so good they're going to beat us, we're terrible. It's an we're changing the on the mindset from our absolutely from, from our wrestlers where it's exciting like oh I want to go wrestle taking that guy. charge of the process right? yeah <laughs> I want to I want to wrestle that guy or that girl and see if I can take them down or see if I can make it zero zero after the first period or only lose by four points like in in, in compare where I'm at right. at this moment and then go back to the practice room and get better it's exciting stuff it's right. fun oh, it's that's great. a growth mindset and, approach and, and I'll, you've explained that first rule perfectly and I'll, I'll move us into kind of the next area by just pointing out. Guy ever. considered the greatest coach of all time, John Wooden, did yeah. not talk about winning. No. Ever. Yeah. Ever. He talked about the process. And if people weren't given effort, he'd close practice down. Yeah. Right? And, then, and that moves us right into our next thing is we're going to talk about the, the next rule, which is all about effort and what that means is, as far as your mindset is concerned. One of my favorite things about John Wooden is, uh, that I read is that he said his goal as a coach was where he could put so much work into practice and the effort and, and the process where he wouldn't even have to say a single word during a game and he could sit in the stands with the fans and just watch his athletes perform can i bring up another great coach on yeah. that same point charlie lee yeah he didn't say a whole lot during nope. during dual meets yep and his whole point was if i didn't teach him at practice it's too late to teach it to him here the haze and in he the sat and took notes and and took video and and went back and learned from that he, he was right the hay is in the barn I, I better have taught them well enough that they can handle it out there on their own right now. And for when he, when he was doing that, that was so advanced. And if you look at the, the number one coach in, in the United States for, for collegiate wrestling, Kale Sanderson, mm -hmm. Sanderson right now, you watch him sit in the corner, he barely says any words. If they have a break in the action, 
then he gives it a little bit of, of advice. But if they don't know it by then, that's right. not the time to teach it during a match. And that's where we're trying to get. And there's no team in college wrestling that has more fun than Penn State does. No. Nope. Absolutely it's not. All about having fun, talk, baby. And it's all about them. having fun. All right. Good job on that. And then, so what's what's uh, rule number two? Effort? So rule number two, again, I want to do this one because it's, it's my favorite word. It's all about effort. And when you're in that fixed mindset, um, Effort doesn't mean anything. It's not about effort. It's like you're either talented or you're not. And if I'm talented, why do I need to be, make a big effort? Right? It goes back to Alan Iverson. Practice? Yeah. We're talking about practice? And yes, he was a great <laughs> player and he's very talented. But you almost want to think like what would he have been with a growth mindset? Oh, my gosh. Well, Michael Jordan, right? Yes. He had a, that's the difference. He had a growth mindset and he wanted to put that effort in to get better. So when we're in that fixed mindset, like I said, we just think that I have natural talent, so I shouldn't have to make a whole lot of effort. Um, and I always think of, you know, playing little league when you're a kid, there's always that like one big giant kid in little league that can jack the ball out of the park. No problem. Every sport. Well, besides wrestling, because no. you wrestle some of your own. I was going to say, every sport, there's that stud right. youth athlete. You right. know what I mean? They're just this phenomenal. They're so advanced. They're so much better. And everybody athletes. tells them oh. how great they are. Yes. It's not about, wow, you worked hard. And we'll get into that praise thing too. Yeah. But it's about, wow, you're just really good. You're big. You're strong. And then they don't feel like they need to work hard. And you see those kids, what we would call fizzling out, right? They don't live up to the potential that they could really have if we kept focusing on getting them to make more effort and building on the talent that they already have. Versus little Johnny, who you're developing the process. <laughs> yeah, you're developing the process of, of, of him or uh, a, a female athlete, right. obviously. Right. And their process about the fundamentals and then having fun right you now and enjoying the sport and enjoying that effort part of it yes right? that they praising that effort dweck talks about that those those athletes with or anybody with that growth mindset that they know that they have to work hard yes but that's part of our job too as a coach is to get them to understand that it's about the effort so they do know that working hard will pay off and that you get get the results that you want and as we we work towards that effort that ignites their ability and it causes them to grow more than they could ever possibly grow just thinking, I have this talent. So, you know, you know I was just thinking about this uh, as you were saying this. And if you look at the UFC and MMA, um, a lot of the, the best UFC fighters, the world champions, John Jones right now, he's arguably, I mean, not arguably, he's 100% the greatest of all time. Uh, they weren't the most successful college wrestlers they were college wrestlers or college athletes but they right. weren't the they, they weren't the four-time ncaa champions they weren't the ones who were always the best they were the ones that always had to continue working and practicing and then they transitioned to mixed martial arts and they have that mindset that growth mindset where they always have to practice they always have to work what they did in the past didn't mean that they were number one so they have to keep on continuing that 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 practice. John Jones with it was a junior college national champion wrestler, right? And he could never make it in, in D1 or anything. But I, and, but I think those guys like that, it, it, you just it, this fed into my brain and made yeah. me think about this because it's it's, it's once the you sports build thing. that growth mindset in people, it becomes a thirst yes. for more. I want to know more. I yes. want to learn more. I, and I think both of us have been through that, like after the master's program and. Like, I didn't read a lot before that program. And like, I just, I still look up research papers and I'm still pulling out books that I want to read. Based. It's like, yeah. there's always something sitting there. Like yeah. I showed you the book I that agree. I found off the podcast that we like that. I, I'll recommend this podcast, the champion's way. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's I was amazing. listening to one of my bike 
literally got home, got on Amazon, ordered the books because yeah, beautiful. You, you start knowing that you can get better, and you just mm-hmm. you want to feed that part of oh. it. You know, it's like a, a adolescent kid who's growing like crazy, so they have to eat a lot of food. It's like you're growing with your mind, so you got to eat yes. a lot of, I love of information that. and bring some knowledge in. But that's effort, right? You got to put the effort in and go get the book and read the book and and, I, and do I, that. I digress, but there. Once I developed this this growth mindset approach to so many things in my life, I'm not going to say it out loud, but there's these things that I want to get good at. And now I know that I can get good at those things. And it's it's not about getting great at things. It's about getting as good at it as you can be. And you want to bring out the best in yourself. And it's all evidence-based listeners. It's true. It's truth out there that... If you put in the effort, you put in the practice, um, and you are you never give up, you have grit, if you practice every single day, you can be good at anything you want to be good at. If, I, if I'm a wrestler and I want to have an amazing uh, fireman's carry, I put that, the effort in to be have an amazing fireman's carry, that's where I'm going to be great at. And when you do that, even if you don't reach the ultimate goal that you had, you walk away with it with the satisfaction knowing that I did everything I could, mm-hmm. and I'm proud of myself. Yeah. As opposed to with that fixed mindset when you walk away and go, well, I'm talented and I lost, so it's the ref's fault or it's the coach's fault or mm-hmm. those, those people that start searching out programs and bounce around because it's not about them. That's a if great transition. Talent, yeah, that's right? a great transition. Right? So, so how do they deal with setbacks? And yeah. So I want you to talk Perfect. about that, with, that with third setbacks. rule and yeah. talk about how we deal with setbacks and in a fixed mindset as opposed to a growth mindset. Yeah, so the rule number three from Carol Dweck is uh, in a fixed mindset, um, when faced with setbacks... Um, the people will run away that have a fixed mindset. They will run away or conceal their deficiencies in a growth mindset. Um, they will embrace their mistakes and they will confront their deficiencies. So athletes with a fixed mindset, they don't recover well from setbacks. And why? Because they don't have a way to do it. They, it's they not know. within their, their thought pattern. Yeah. There's, no, there's no tool in the toolbox to bounce back from a setback. And there they just isn't. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not a norm for them, right? They haven't, like, it's it's not regular for them. Like, no matter any sort of adversity they have, I love that. They don't have a tool in the toolbox. toolbox. Right. It's, not a, habit. it's not a habit. It's not it's, about them. Yeah. And so all the evidence shows, the listeners and Dana and me, that um, when a person with a fixed mindset, whenever they face a setbacks, guess what? They blame others. They make excuses. They say things like they're not going to try it as hard anymore because they think their abilities are fixed. And they're even more willing to cheat the next time they are around to face with that certain certain obstacle or that sport or that test or that that skill, right? They're going to make excuses. They're going to blame others. They're going to cheat, right? Um, and what we've found through all the evidence is they will even find people who did worse than they did on their team, and then they will point out the deficiencies in others Absolutely. to take the heat that's, off of that's themselves. That's huge, and because that's a bad trait to have in the first place yeah. but it's a symptom of something else and when we recognize that as coaches as teachers as parents when we see that for what it is then we can work on that in the right yeah. way like wait that's about them not having a growth mindset so let's work on that let's yeah. not pound on them for yeah. that behavior yeah let's figure out a way to get them to behave differently yeah i agree right? so um a lot of us have probably had friends who um when we do well they don't celebrate our success. They try and bring us down. Right. Um, and we're teammates who have done that. And to have it, that's a fixed mindset. Right. 
and to have a growth mindset. If your friends have any sort of success in life, you should we should get excited for them. We should celebrate their success. Right. We should celebrate that they're they they've lost weight or they've um, made major changes in their life or or uh, they're they're winning matches or they're any sort of success in life. We should get excited for them, and that's that's a better for that's a better approach for both of us. It's for them and for us versus having a fixed mindset where. We try and bring them down to our level, or criticize them, or or, or anything in right. that in that level. Pick some, find something negative to say. Yeah, and that's. I, it's probably why when when you're coaching, I'm sure it's it's a back of the mind kind of thing or a subconscious thing that when you get those goosebumps when yeah. one of your kids that's not your best kid wins a match and the whole team goes oh, crazy. Oh man, they're you, so you excited. Know, you know where teammates. you are with that group yes. of kids. It's about we're about each other and we're about growing as a group. We yeah. feed off of each other and we help each other. And that happens in a situation where you yeah. built a growth mindset culture I agree. I agree. in a team or That's in a healthy. company or in a staff, whatever it is. It's the same thing, right? That's healthy. It's That's healthy. healthy. And people want to, I and mean, it's the best thing ever. And it's when you work in those situations. That's think about your, like, think okay. about your relationships with your significant other or your friends or anybody or your colleagues. Instead of getting mad that they have a half growth, get excited right. for them. Right. It, it's healthier for the whole entire environment to be to be happy about that. Because you care about growth. each other. Yeah, right. It's about everyone being a, a part of something bigger than than what we're talking about. And as coaches and as society, if we see someone um, who doesn't deal well with setbacks, if they have a fixed mindset and they, or and they have some sort of adversity, and they blame the refs or they blame um, their coaches or they blame their training partners or they blame whatever. Um, on the outside, we see that as lack of motivation, and instead of sportsmanship or poor or, sportsmanship, right. yeah, anger problems, yeah, or their parents or this or that, and really, the the, the reality is is that they have a fixed mindset, and um, that's the approach we should we should show towards them as empathy right. and try and help them change their uh, to reframe their approach to that situation and. And, and to love them, right, and try and help them in but that situation. The perfect word you just used. You must have like worked with Doctor Or or something. Yeah. Reframe, reframe. Yeah, it's totally. about reframing the whole situation. It's yeah. not about the referee. It's not about the opponent cheated. It's not any of that. It's about like, look, here's where we are right now. Let's reframe it into how we get better. Yeah, right. And and as we talk about all those rules, like, okay, great, that sounds off. So how do we do it? Because it's not it's not yeah. an easy process. We know when we have those kids. It doesn't take a week's worth of work to get them into a different mindset. It takes a year, yeah. two years, yeah. three years to change yeah. that process. But it's a great thing to see, and then they're more successful. So when we talk about it, it's about communication and how do we communicate a, a, a fixed mindset? What are we doing that promotes that? And we talked a little bit about like calling a class an honors class. We're communicating that you're either smart and you're in that class or you're not smart and yeah. you're not in that class. Um, and it's about what do we praise? Mm-hmm. It, it is honestly when you get right down to how do we that's communicate just, those mindsets? Fundamental. What approach. do we praise and how do we praise uh-huh. it? Right. And when we're we're developing fixed mindsets by praising and communicating that we value talent, mm-hmm. we value people that are good. We're going to go recruit good people into our program because that's all that matters. I can't take you if you're not talented because I can't develop that. You're either good or you're not, and I need good people. And you're getting into how coaches. Uh, recruit right so a lot of coaches will recruit based on talent right you're right. already good so i want you on my team right versus coaches having the approach where like i don't care who you Who's are or where you come from 
come in the door right. and we will develop you. And right. from that, wherever you are to where we can get you. Yeah. And luckily I, I love this. When I, when I was a coach at Del Campo, that's how we were. And when, when I'm a coach at Bella Vista now, I have been for seven years now and uh head coach now. And that's how we are. That's our approach from the youth level to middle school. And it's, Anybody, every single person, regardless of anything, we will develop you into um, an amazing, right. uh, to, to find your optimal performance level, right? And that's what we're really trying to do. And you, um, and, and give I, them the, the ability to have an optimal performance level when they're adults. Oh, my we, gosh. We've given them tools that they can use in anything that they do. Those are life skills. Right. Those are life skills. I have a, I have a setback at the work where I get fired. Okay, let's go back to work. What do I need to learn? Yeah, what do I need to learn? I need to get better. It's not my boss's fault. It's not my coworker's fault. It's like, great. If they may be horrible people, I don't have control of that. I have control of what I can do and what I can learn. I'm I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. So let's uh, on the fixed mindset. I want to give an example of how you talk to kids or talk to people when you're Mm -hmm. in a fixed mindset. Say something like, if they win a tough match, when they come off the mat, if I'm a fixed mindset coach, I'm going to say. Wow, that was a great match. You're a really good wrestler. I'm praising talent yes. when I say that. And it sounds so simple and it sounds harmless, but it communicates so much when it's done over and over and over again. Where we're, we're, when we're going to communicate to try to get kids into a growth mindset, we want to praise effort. Yes. And unsuccessful effort especially. Yes. Because when those setbacks come, if we're saying, you know what, you lost that match, but I saw you do things in that match I've never seen you do before. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Maybe it was unsuccessful, but I love yeah. the fact that you're trying some new things yeah. and you're trying some new strategies. So we're we're praising effort, strategies, process. Like keep working hard. Oh my gosh. Right. But I it, love it that. can't be phony because everybody reads phony. You yeah. can't just say, "Oh, you made a great effort." Yeah. And when they go, "Well, no, I didn't. I was being lazy. I didn't feel good." Well, you Whatever know what? The case may be. It's got to be truthful and it's got to be specific. Yeah. And that was one thing personal that i've worked on a lot in the last couple years like if i tell a kid i really like that when they're wrestling like i know what i mean but they're looking at me like well what do you really like i really like the fact that you're putting into practice what we were just drilling Mm -hmm. on that double leg Mm -hmm. be specific about what you're going to be truthful with them because they can read it and they need to know what they're doing well or what they're working we at bella vista we have a lot of wrestlers who who were kind of under the radar last year Mm -hmm. and they went to every single spring summer and fall workout and they are going to see lots of growth right um in 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 their ability to compete against varsity okay. caliber wrestlers or jv caliber wrestlers or whoever they're going against um this upcoming season and that's the type of stuff i'm going to praise is their commitment and their effort and their 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 work that they've put in it's it's showing because of their effort it's right. not like they just showed up and, and a lot of those kids and being in that summer practice, in, in, it goes right in the next point of you focus on getting them to stretch themselves. Yeah. Right. Get out of your comfort zone. And I don't care if you fail. I will not yell at you if oh. you fail. I will not be raised. It's not about wins or losses. I will turn my back on you. It I is not about you. wins or losses. I, I'll praise you for the effort. And when you do that, then they're not afraid to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So they'll get out of their comfort zone and they'll stretch themselves. Mm-hmm. So. I'll finish this whole section off on communicating with. I, I gave you the example of that was a great I, I got, match. You must I got be some a great fun wrestler. stuff to talk about. What praise. you say is that is a great match. You've been working really hard oh, and beautiful. it's paying off. We could see it because you can say that after any score yeah. of any match. Yeah. If I recognize a great effort and that I'm seeing things that you haven't done before, mm-hmm. then phrase it that way that mm-hmm. it's about your effort 
And that's why that was a great match because it's all paying off right now. And that goes into what you're, you're going to kind of finish off our section here on if we're going to do that, then what does the coach's mindset have to be as far as a growth, what a coach looks like with a fixed mindset as opposed to a growth mindset? Well, I was just going to, um, I was going to talk about how from, from a coach's per- perspective, if the coaches are, are focusing on the outcome, having an outcome oriented approach versus right. the process oriented approach is, um, that's not the way to coach. That's not, <laughs> not that's not the way to coach. And the way that you communicate there to your to your own children or to your athletes or to yourself is you don't want to be outcome oriented. You want to be process oriented. And Carol Dweck, the the girl at Stanford, the doctor at Stanford, mm-hmm. she actually did full body uh, scans where they're full body MRI scans where they're measuring. Um, they're, they're looking at the brain as they talk to athletes and talking to students. And they found out that when they would say something to a fixed mindset brain, like, uh, wow, you're so smart or you're so, you're so intelligent. Um, it would, it, it turned out that they would only get feedback after that point from when they talked about the outcome. Is outcome, 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 outcome. That's the brain lit up on his outcome. And Great then, score. Yeah, right. exactly. And then when they worked, <laughs> when they worked with the other group of, of individuals, when they focused on focused on a growth mindset, um, their brain didn't even light up when it came to the outcome. They actually measured this on. They have a visual scan of this. It only lit up when they talked about um, getting feedback on how to improve. That was literally the only time. Like. Hey, you're putting in the effort, and this is how you can get better. Great pro, and they're focusing on the process. Process, and that's when their brain scans lit up. They're literally visual, like seeing this on a scan as they're talking to the individuals. Outcome oriented, fixed mindset, or process oriented, growth mindset. Right, and you, there, there's not. We don't want to say that there's something wrong with having an outcome you want in the end of a season. No, because you want to win and qualify for the state tournament. Yeah, but. Okay, so I said that. Now let's let that go. How do I get there? Yeah. What's the process to get there? What, what do does you that need to look learn? like? Because if you if you focus on that process, then you know what? If the dream doesn't come true, yeah, it's not no crushing. Yeah. You, yeah. Maybe you're going to be upset after the match is over that yeah. made the dream not come true. But when you look back on it, it's like, look at everything. Learn. Look what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. Look what I pushed myself yeah. through to try to get to an outcome that may or may not have happened. But it's... You know what? I did something unbelievable, of, and I built that confidence to go do take that off in the. One rest of my life. favorite interviews ever, and I, I'm, I didn't even plan on talking about this. Was this guy named Jason Welch? He's a mm-hmm. California guy, three time state champion. He's pretty good. Um, and a small school, right? Los Alamos. Yeah. And uh, he wrestled for in college. He wrestled for uh, Northwestern University. He's a three time All American, but he got second in the NCAA championships as a senior. And he was interviewed very shortly after the NCAA finals. And this, I don't know, this, this interview always resonated with me, always meant a lot to me. And um, the interviewer, the person interviewing him, basically tried to get him to cry. And <laughs> Jason Welch was, said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, is, you know what? I committed 100% to my process. I never missed a practice. I never missed a workout. I never missed a rep. I actually put in extra time. And there's literally nothing else I could have done to focus on becoming a national champion. And he and I'm really happy with myself for being second in the nation because of that effort. 
And it was such a beautiful interview because, you know, in the wrestling world, you're supposed to get sad if you get second. Right. And he was really excited about second because he put so much work into getting there. And it wasn't, he didn't just show up and get second in the NCAA tournament. And he, he told it, he knew in, within himself. And he told the interviewer that there's literally nothing else he could have done to prepare better for that championship. And he and, and he still got second in the nation. And he was proud of that fact, and that's what we're trying to get. You're making me think of, and I think you saw this interview that I put on Twitter with the the um, ball player after the playoffs the other day, and they asked him, you know, how does it feel to be here, and, yeah. and what are you proud of? And he's like, honestly, yeah, myself. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I, I didn't have a dad out there to help me, and I went the out catch. there, I went yep. through balls against the wall to practice and I threw the ball up in the air to mm-hmm. I pitched my own batting practice. Yeah. And he that's all talking about effort. Like yeah. I went out and made myself better. Yeah. I didn't use any excuses. I didn't blame anybody else. I went out and put out the effort and now he's he's And that was a kid developing that on it within his own in, you know, and he that shows you that it's there. You know? That's that's a natural yeah. thing for a kid to to know that they can get better and want to put effort. So in what you're talking about in coaches, like we have to be very careful in how we're talking yes. to people and as teachers and as parents, like you, you have to consciously foster that natural growth mindset that they have I agree. that, you know, you can get better. You don't I know agree. any better as a kid, yeah. how good you are at something. Yeah. You just know where you are and you yeah. want to know how to get better. You know, can I, can I uh, share one favorite study that I have from Carol Dweck? Yeah, this is, I, I, I've learned this when we got our masters and I just love this study. I might keep it. I might keep it short. But so, Carol Dweck, she did a, an, a, an experiment with children in elementary school, and um, she had a she had a controlled group, and you know she did the, all the legitimate ways, and it's and it's a published article. But basically, she had the first group. She had two different groups, and they they completed a puzzle, the exact same puzzle, and it's pretty easy. And all she said to the first group was, "Wow." That's a really good score. You must be really smart. Word for word, what she said to them. You must be really smart. That's a fixed mindset. The second group of kids who completed the exact same easy puzzle, she said, wow, that's a good score. You must have tried really hard. Quote, unquote. You must have tried really hard. That's focusing on the process. That's a growth mindset. Effort. When asked about the, uh, what puzzle they wanted next, guess what? The kids with the fixed mindset, where they were praised for their outcome, you must be really smart, they chose an easier puzzle. The kids who were praised for working hard, they chose a challenging puzzle. Then, all the kids got a hard puzzle. They got the exact same hard puzzle. And, the, you know, obviously the kids who... With a fixed mindset, they got a little frustrated. The kids with a growth mindset, they were brittle. Yeah, they were brittle. <laughs> yeah, they wanted the so challenge. Right back to what you were saying. And then they did an experiment and they gave all the kids after this the exact same really easy puzzle, basically at the same level they originally gave them. The kids with a fixed mindset praise, where they said, You must be really smart. They did worse than they originally did. It was like 76% of the kids did worse than they originally did the first time they did the same puzzle. And the kids with a growth mindset did better than they originally did. To top it all off, it gets better or worse. I don't know how we would approach it. (laughs) 
they asked all the kids to to report their own scores to the people administering the test. They didn't know that they already knew how they did. And um, about 40% of the kids with a fixed mindset praise lied about their scores. Some of the kids with a growth mindset lied as well, but the kids with a fixed mindset, they, they lied three times as often <laughs> as the kids with a growth that mindset. Score up a little bit, right? Because you're supposed to be smart. Because they couldn't cope with the failure. So we have to be careful about, as parents or coaches, about praising kids, about being smart. Literally, you guys and girls listening, the only difference they said was you must be really smart or you must have tried really hard. That was literally the only difference right. they made. It's huge. And it was a huge... Words matter, like they say, right? Yeah. Right. And um, so how we praise kids about being smart or being great at something because they think we think it will raise their self-esteem is actually hurting them. Um, so that's giving them a fixed mindset, like, oh, you're so smart. Or you're so just naturally good. That's giving them a fixed mindset, and that's actually hurting them. And this is science-based. Right. And even if if we're going to go into, like, praising effort like we're supposed to, it's still got to be truthful and specific. It can't be a lie. (laughs) Yeah. That's almost worse. Yeah. Right? It's got to be, like, this is what you did, and this is how it's paying off. Yeah. Versus versus focusing on, well, I'm really proud of how hard you've worked on that. Right. Like, you've put in, you've committed so many practices in the off-season or... You must have tried really hard on that. Wow, that's really cool. And um, to add on one last thing, sorry, I'm excited <laughs> about know, this. No, I, just, I could talk for about 18 more hours right. about this. But the, the last thing I'm going to talk about before I get into three skills we can all develop is as a parent, um, my wife and I have totally developed this whole growth mindset versus a fixed mindset approach to parenting and uh Literally, you guys, this week, my four-year-old came up to me with art. They just love drawing. My kids love drawing and drawing and drawing. And um, Charlotte came up to me, and she's like, Daddy, I'm so proud of myself for how hard I worked on this. And and I'm so proud of myself of how beautiful this looks. Yeah. Very different statements. Yes. And you could blow them off easily and not get what it means, but it it means a ton. And that's how we've been talking to them, communicating to our children about the effort and the work. Wow, you must have worked. You're working so hard on art. You're getting better and better each day. Your art is getting more realistic or whatever it might be for my four-year-old or six-year-old. But when she came up and said to me, my wife and I looked at each other like (laughs) like an aha moment. Well, we're such freaking awesome parents. Like, whoa, we're freaking good. No, you said... We're putting in so much effort with yeah, our kids, yeah, and it's yeah. really paying off. <laughs> yeah. So um, even with my daughter, other Lucy, like learning how to read, it's like she is praising her effort 15 minutes every night about sight words or practicing, and that's right. what we're focusing on, not like an outcome type of an approach. And right. it's never too late. Actually, all the science shows that it's never too late to take this approach to the all. process. And uh, I'll turn that back again to our, our program where um, – we all three of us wanted a certain outcome, but the way we were pushed in that program mm-hmm. about it being about like, this is where you three are and right now zoo. walking into yeah. this program. And I'm going to push you to make you better. And mm-hmm. I want effort out of you. We'll talk about the grade at the end of it. And that was always fine, but I, you're not getting away with giving me whatever it says on the point scale is an A mm-hmm. you're here. You're going to give a little bit more. And 
it fostered a whole different way of thinking about things. It I really, agree. It really did. I so agree. I'm, I'm going to kind of close out on this as we're getting into it, just to kind of say what the benefits that we look at as far as a team and as a group, yeah. that when you, you use a growth mindset, you're fostering teamwork and the team spirit. Yep. And I don't think anybody can question the team spirit of Carnegie and Bellavis or us. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's awesome. That we have athletes that work from from a passion and wanting to get better and wanting to improve, mm-hmm. and they work together to seek improvement. And they, like you said, they they praise each other for their successes. And you know that saying of when you're successful, look around the room and who's clapping and who's mm-hmm. not. And when our kids are successful, everybody's clapping. And when they're not, everybody's clapping. It's a, it's the same. We're excited thing. for each other, right? It's exciting. We're not our, trying to get. We're not jealous. We're, yeah, and we want to help each other when, when yeah. it comes to those failures. So let me finish out by just giving the book in case people want to want to take a read of this. And it's it's been out for a long time, and it's like pretty much any teacher's room you walk into. It's probably in there. But the the book title is Mindset: The New Psychology of Success, and again, it's by Carol Dweck, um, PhD. But anybody for for who wants to be kind of better and have more more positive. Uh, mindset should positive mindset wow i used that word again um or that growth mindset i should say which is positive um that's that's the book to read and there's great sections where you kind of break off and, and read them so why don't you go ahead and finish up my and then- my, my last uh, approach is that um my recommendation for all of you listening because all of us have a fixed mindset to something in our life and absolutely absolutely true and whether it's i'm not good at math or I'm not sociable, or I'm not athletic, or I'm not a good public speaker, or I'm not a leader, whatever it might be. Um, I want you guys, I, I want to challenge each of you to try and listen for that voice, okay? Listen for that fixed mind, mindset voice in your head. And when you hear that fixed mindset voice in your head, I want, you, I want to challenge you to add a certain word into it. And I'm doing this with all of my athletes, with myself, with my kids um, and students. Add the word yet so if you say i'm not a math person you say i'm not a math person yet i'm not a a a good leader i'm not a good leader yet so if you put in the effort and the practice you can be good at anything and when when your kid or your student or teammate walks up and says i'm not good at math you say yet Yet. and start pushing that into into their minds and it, it also not only does it build their growth mindset, it builds yours in some sense. It's a theme. It's but, a theme. In but my it's class. a bonding thing, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, so let's work on it. Let's get better. I'm not good at double leagues. Yeah, let's come. Let's drill it. Let's, let's go. get better at it, right? Let's go. I, and I, I just think that's like the perfect um, word and advice to end uh, uh, the discussion of growth mindset. Of mm-hmm. Just like, just, just add yet. You hear that face mindset? Just throw a little yet in there and, and we're all going to grow. All right. Again, another great discussion we could go on and on and on, which we apparently have. excited for the but, next part. With, right. We got to get to our, our special kitchen. guest. Our special guest. And maybe we can talk him into some free swag or something. Ooh. All right. All right. Great, great discussion of growth mindset. And, and now on to uh, our next session with our special guest. Okay, we are back for the five-point move, and we, first guest, first remote recording, and first guest. So we're over here at Bella Vista High School, and I'm going to let uh, Coach Lane introduce our special guest. So as a special guest today, we have the one and only Dr. Darren Kitchen. 
uh, Bella Vista's semi-new principal. This is his second year at Bella Vista. And someone's phone is ringing. It's okay. <laughs> that was in the background noise if you heard that. But what happens uh, on a remote shoot. Yeah, exactly. That's just, this is the real, what it's really like here. So, uh, Dr. Kitchen is Mr. Kitchen. He is in his second year as principal at Bella Vista. Everybody's loving him so far. And uh, I'm going to let, let him introduce himself and kind of give you a story of how he got to Bella Vista at this point. And we will ask him five random rapid fire questions. And I hope that he is ready to go. So without further ado, Mr. Kitchen. Yay. Hey, thank you, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, the opportunity. I can't start this without first giving a shout out to Nelson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nelson's That's doing, nice. Yeah, Nelson's doing great. We found but, somebody who likes Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Never met Nelson, but I just want to make sure he's recognized. That's awesome. He's amazing. That's he's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, nice no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying my second year here uh, as principal. And it's funny how you get here. You, know, you never expect where your path's going to go when you're 25, 26 years old like I was. Uh, when I never thought I wanted to get into education, and instead I was coaching. And so I was coaching, and and all of a sudden decided I didn't want to do it anymore. I had one of those epiphany moments, and, and uh, I was driving back in the snow um, in a van with nine baseball players going back from uh, Salt Lake City to University of Wyoming, and realized, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was two in the morning. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. And and I ended up uh, getting very fortunate uh, to head back to uh, Chico State University, actually, where I ran into a professor that said, hey, man, you've been, you've been teaching your whole life. He goes, your coaching is teaching, and uh, you're going to go into teaching. Cool. And I said, okay. <laughs> I didn't cool. know I was going to, but it led me uh, down a long path uh, where I was finally able to go back and wanting to work with teachers and, and got into administration in hopes that I might be able to help teachers help kids. And, and it led me to Bella Vista, so I'm excited. And uh, tell us about your PhD and where you got it from. Yeah, I did. Uh, I ended up going to Florida State University, and I started uh, and completed all the coursework there. It was 51 units, I remember. We completed. <laughs> when you're taking that many, you remember. Yeah. yeah. And, and I ended up meeting my uh, soon-to-be wife there. We were cool. in classes together. Cool. And we were both from Northern California at Florida State. So... Uh, the joke her dad likes to use is we went 3,000 miles to meet each other, but <laughs> That's cool. it, yeah, it worked out. And, uh, and so I left, came back and was teaching in the public school in California because she got a job at Sac State, and she's a professor there and still is. And then I had a chance a few years later to go back and finish my doctorate, and I decided to uh, go to UOP because I had a position open as a professor there. They allowed me to jump in their program. I hadn't written my dissertation yet at, at Florida State, and they said I had timed out because it had been too long. Oh, my long. gosh. <laughs> so I ended up having to transfer nine units is all they'd let me transfer. Oh. Of course, I took my stats units and transferred those. Yeah, good. Nice good job. Nice and, uh, and I ended up taking another 48 units there in curriculum instruction. Um, so, yeah, I like to, when I get asked, I only completed one, but at least I was involved wow. in two. So. That is, that's, and what's it in? So mine's in curriculum instruction. So yeah. I have a background um, we're in teaching methodology and assessment. And so awesome. those, are, yeah, those are the things that, that I really That's so enjoy. cool. Yeah, that is fun. so cool. We were telling uh, Mr. Kitchen that he needs to get a podcast going of his own. And there'll be, there's a, a big group out there, yeah. people who could use some, some 
some of those skills for yeah, sure. You, you look on uh, on Twitter and there's always teachers asking for a podcast yeah. recommendation. Like every time you look on yeah. there, somebody's asking for a Yeah, Ed Chat, all that stuff. Well, I just realized we have another connection, the Chico State connection. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wildcat, yeah. too. Yeah. Wildcat, BD too. guy, Wildcat. So we have we have a few connections. Got a little Chico. Yeah. yeah uh, great town. Great what town. I remember of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, and uh, you were at Wood Creek just before this for how long? I was at Wood Creek for five years as a vice principal awesome. before I came here. I'm glad uh, we got to steal you from, from Wood Creek. I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. That's good. That's good. All right. Are you ready for the, uh, for the five... Random rapid fire questions. Fire away. Let's okay. see. Are they really random? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have not seen these questions. That's yeah, not true. Yeah, he does not know these questions at all. All right. So I know she uh, folded your paper up so he can see. And I don't <laughs> want to can't see them. Yeah. Right. Uh, this first question is uh, what Dana asked me first, and then I asked him the same question. Uh, who is your hero? Oh, that's simple. That's and I, it sounds so cliche, but it is my father. Awesome. Yeah, I I, uh, I have learned so much from my father um, in a variety of ways, and, and we all said that say that. But you know, where it really cemented for me uh, was a year ago, almost a year ago uh, today, but it'll be a year mm-hmm. ago on the twenty fourth. So we're we're on the countdown. I was blessed and fortunate that I was able to give my dad a kidney, and. It's in those moments that you, it's in those moments where you, you know, it like cements that, you know, all oh. those things, all those years. And my dad, you know, asking me beforehand going, Hey, you don't have to do this. You know, why are you, know, are you okay with doing this? And I'm like, yeah, that's what you do. You know? I mean, oh my gosh. You're, yeah. Without you're, a doubt. You're my dad. Yeah. You know? and, and I want, you gave me life. <laughs> an organ. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think the true um, measure of that is, you know, the, a big part of my reasoning for doing that was like me and my father, um, I wanted my son mm-hmm. to have some time with his grandfather and my daughter as well, obviously too. But, you know, it was just, I was looking at that, mm-hmm. that father-son relationship and with my son, I, I want him to have that with his grandfather. So he's going to get to have some extended time uh, with my dad. That's so, awesome. So without a doubt. That's sorry. incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I, I like the fact that all three of us, it was easy for us to answer that question. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. good. Yeah, I don't, good. I don't know yeah, that everybody like, in life has that, I know. that blessing. You're that's, right. That's great. You're very fortunate. You're right. All right. Well, we heard about one of your, uh, I guess, not so good sports moments. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go the opposite way and ask you, yeah. what is your best sports moment? Um, boy. I, my wife would say that this is when I get really uncomfortable. <laughs> she goes, you never like to talk about yourself. <laughs> You never like to talk about it, but I will say um, it still carries a very fond memory. So I was playing uh, baseball at Washington State, and we were playing our rivals, the uh, Washington Huskies, and, and we had a really good team that year. We were ranked in the top you know, 10, 15 teams in the country. And I, it was the ninth inning and the bottom of the ninth, and the score was tied, and I hit a ball down the left field line. And it hit the top of the fence, and I was watching it as I was running hard going down first, and I stumbled and I missed first base. So I cruise into second, and they appeal and they call me out. The oh. next guy came up and he gets a hit. So we would have won the game in that moment, and there was about five, six thousand people there at the game watching the game that day. And so it was going. Cr- so I felt just horrible. And then uh, fast forward two more innings, 
and I got up again and I hit a home run. Whoa! Uh, to win it. Wow! Take so, the fence out of the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fun part for me is my folks were there, so they got wow. to travel and they watched the game. And the story is on as after the game they would do, and it was a doubleheader, so it was in between games. They would do radio interviews after the first game because the games were broadcast on the radio. So I was walking up through the stands. They have to go up to the booth to do the bleachers, and people were going, "Whose son was that? Whose son was that?" And my mother's, of course, going, "That was mine. Aww. That was mine." <laughs> so it was uh, without a doubt in a very humbling way. Yeah, that, oh, that's that great. Was, uh, that was my. That's why we play the game to have those moments. Yeah, right? and I was very fortunate because you don't you don't get a lot of those opportunities, especially yeah. after you screw up the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. nice yeah. to get that second that second yeah. chance. Yeah, and you know, and, and the whole like sports psych thing about going up there again, like you have another opportunity, putting the past behind you. Right, right, right. Having that fresh start, you can't literally cannot change the past. <laughs> that's so right. Staying in that moment, that swing, that next pitch. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's a really cool story. All right, next question. Uh, what is your vision for Bella Vista Athletics and how do you plan on supporting athletics at Bella Vista? Yeah, no, great question. I, I think that uh, you, you can see that a little bit just on the emphasis that we've tried to help with our football program. Yeah. And just trying to shift you know, the culture. And, and a lot of people define the culture purely as what's on the scoreboard. And, yeah. And I get that that makes a difference too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand that. And, having been a part of athletics my whole life. Um, but I think it's more than that. I, I think it's the culture of the school and, and what you end up with at the beginning of the year. You know, the one single place other than the rally that you'll get all of the kids back within the first week is at the football game. Yeah. And it's the place that you then combine that with the community at large and staff um, and the opposing community as well. To have that experience and be able to have one where our kids are competitive. Mm-hmm. And they're able to compete um, at a level that is good and healthy for them. That's really the mindset of starting it off for all of the sports. Right. And so when you look at what is it, what's in it for kids, um, anything that's extracurricular that they have an opportunity to grow, um, where they can take whatever it is that they, who they are now, and they can become um, even better, you know, or that next level, um, whether it's through the social graces they learn mm-hmm. involved in a sport. The relationships that they build mm-hmm. you know, are the critical piece of that with their with their friends and, and with adults that are that are working with them. Um, you you combine that um, with a little bit of the spirit of the school. Yeah, it's exciting. Then, then it it becomes a why can't we be both? We're already a very highly competitive academic program. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly sports who've been doing a fantastic job here uh, for years, um, but I'd like to make that you know something where those really are married. Yeah, that's the idea. I love that. And using, we were saying even before we recorded, but st- sport is a tool, right, to try and build the, the social, emotional character of, of the student athletes. Absolutely. So, and the student body at whole, you know, and, and it becomes for those kids who are participating in some sort of an athletic endeavor, it's a great intervention. I, I agree. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of students that really benefit from being a part of that, and it impacts their schoolwork in a positive way. Yeah, so, right. yeah. On the way here, I found one of the wrestlers, freshman. I'm not going to say his name on here. But, um, I was like, what's your, what's your math grade? What's your math grade? I'm going to go talk to your math teacher. And so he's going to a math tutor at Rafter School today to try and help nice. with that. But, yeah, that's just one small little literally just happened right before this interview. So I, was, I love um, that. I was telling our parents at our parent meeting the other night that um, last year I actually finally kept track of it. It's um, end of first quarter grades and then end of second quarter grades, which is 
our wrestling season time in between those two. And our team raised their grade point average a whole grade point. Wow. wow. And for a group of people, that's a lot. That's wow. a lot. You know, and it yeah. just shows you something when you're on them, you give them something they want, but make them earn it by doing well in the classroom. It makes a huge difference. And it changes that culture at your school. Yeah. So now you have more people on board with academics that, as well. That's something that you can measure that you actually did. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Well, because we say me. it makes a difference, but then when you have a number in front of you, it really helps yeah, make it validates it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sure. if you don't mind me jumping in, right before you all stepped in, there was a student standing outside my door who was wanting to come in, and I had no idea what she was wanting, but she came in and she said, I was wondering if we could do this before the football game. I've been to three other football games that are not ours, that are Granite Bay, Del Oro, and I can't remember the other one, and I've noticed that their student section is doing this. Can What would, what do you think about wow. us doing that? So wow. there's more evidence right, yeah, right. about the impact that it's having yeah. on students here at the school. That's cool. They're, Absolutely. they're actually looking at what's going on outside and saying, how can we bring some of that into I love that. And what an ambitious awesome. student to come up here and want to meet with a principal about an idea. Right. You know what I mean? That's cool. great. It just shows you how much they want it. That's, yeah. that's, they want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. That's right. You know, and high school's no better place to do that and teach them how to make it happen than Indeed. send them out in the world. Indeed. All right, the next one's kind of deep, and we both struggle with this one because there's so much to think about. Um, what are the best chicken wings you've ever had? Oh. And le- or unless you're not a wing guy. I'm a, definitely a wing guy. Okay. <laughs> you fit right in oh, with us. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so when I was in Florida, in Tallahassee, Florida, and I'm probably going to kick myself if I can't remember the name of this place, but <laughs> they had wings that were 25 cents. So they'd have 25 cent wing night. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was so great. Now, of course, this was you know, 20 years ago yeah. or more, but it was, it was amazing. So we would go there on the nights that it might have been like Tuesday night or something. There was usually basketball games that were going uh-huh. And I'll never forget, uh, my father was coming into town. He was visiting and he goes, hey. Um, what were, where would you like to go eat? And I said, hey, because he loves wings. I oh, said, cool. let's go get some wings. Cool. He goes, all right. So we go in there, and we're sitting at this table. And the um, the server comes server comes by and goes, hey, what what kind do you want? And, and we were looking at this list of all this stuff. And my dad goes, without even blinking, he goes, well, let's try a dozen of these, these, and these. <laughs> and she's like, wait, you want them split up? Like four and four? And he goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. I want a dozen wow. of these and these and these. And these. And, and I, it was, and we, that was, is hilarious. We tore them apart. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. awesome. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I wish I could remember the name of the place. It wasn't BW3s, but it was something like that. And forgive me, I need to look it up. But, That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can Google it, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Very last question. What is your favorite book and or author? If you wanted, if you have an author in the category or like your favorite book of all time and uh, go. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to kind of look over here to my right on my bookshelf because. <laughs> We're assuming you know how to read. I, I, I've read a couple of books and the one that I have, I used to actually teach a, um, a graduate level class. Cool. And, uh, and the, there it is. And it's called The Passionate Teacher. Oh. And this graduate level class I taught for uh, students who were getting their master's in curriculum instruction. The reason it's my favorite is it's just a practical read where you're talking about someone that is working with a student and or students in a variety of ways. And what it really is touching is the depth that you can get when you're passionate, not just about your content, but about the kid and about their real life authentic experiences that you can try to help provide. 
So you can read through the book and go, oh, I could never do that at my current place of employment. And maybe that's true. But what I will say is the idea is that, no, we're still looking to try to provide experiences for kids to be able to take what they're learning and move it across this uh, threshold at the door. They can take it by the classroom, out of the classroom, and out into the real world. And so it's a really cool read. So instead of a textbook, that was the book I used. Wow. Nice. And so we would go That's through, nice. Yeah, we would go through the chapters, you know. And, That's and nice. That became our, um, the way we, we were learning content about um, teaching in general in regards to providing kids opportunities to be more authentic. So I love that. that. Cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I, saw, I saw a quote yesterday that said, um, I'm not teaching curriculum, I'm teaching students. And I thought, no, no, you're doing both, right? You're right. using that curriculum, whatever it may be, to get to those students and give them those life skills to walk out with to make that transfer. So I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Second, my second choice would be any book that has Joe Montana on the cover. <laughs> I don't know why. But man, I, I, was, I grew this up guy's, in the Manners fan is scoring some points. Yeah. Right. I grew up in right the now. 80s. And yeah. I'm like, man, how do you, how do you miss that? Yeah. Well, you can look there. There's a stack of books. There's, oh, yeah. There's, there's, yeah Manners yeah, right there. there. That's good stuff. stuff. That's One, awesome. Yeah, I had a good game yesterday. They did. They did. Yeah. They look good. I actually put it out there. Put it out on Facebook. I'm just going to say it. The Niners have a good football team. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Awesome. It's been a little bit of a drought there. Yeah, when yeah. you get used to winning, it's it's tough when they That's start right. losing like that. Well, Mr. Kitchen, Dr. Yeah. Kitchen, thank yeah. you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy day to, to let us come in and disrupt your uh, your activities and oh, this is great, distract man. you. But uh, thank you. Do you want to? The, the end of the third Skronko yeah. podcast. They, like I said, they didn't say we'd make it past two. And look <laughs> at us now. Yeah. <laughs> Just one last thing. It's really important. We love you, Nelson. No matter what Garrett says about you, yeah. we love you. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. And thank you, Dr. Kitchen, for yeah. being on. Appreciate yeah. it. That was yeah. awesome. That was yeah, really thank cool. you. All right. We're out. Let's go.